Hello and welcome to Talk Derby to Me. It's been a very long time since I've recorded an intro to a podcast and I've been smiling. Genuinely, it, it's I'm, I'm so relieved. I can't put it into words. I'm not going to try and put it into words. This podcast is kind of a mixture of, of things. I often do ones that are a little bit all over the shop because I just want to try and gauge just what, how people are feeling, really. Do you know what I mean? Like, when the news came through, I was I was at work in Nottingham on Friday evening, and I just wanted to speak to people. So I left Nottingham. Uh, I had a couple of parts in Nottingham on my own, listening to a, a radio station that I used to, used to work for, and, and Chris Coles, who's coming on the podcast next week, He'll be leaving that radio station shortly as well, um, but brilliant, and I had a little tear in my eye. So I um, had a little idea that I'm gonna just I'm gonna ring everybody who are friends of the podcast and who to me kind of love Derby County. Lee Camp's one of them, and, and let's get this out of the way now. Lee Camp gets a lot of shit off Derby County fans unjustly, in my opinion. He's a Derby lad. He played for the club. He had to go and play for Nottingham Forest because, to put it in no simpler terms, it's his job at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? Like I'd play for Nottingham Forest for a couple of grand a week. So we get we get Campion. We've got Craig Bryson on, who's, I tell you what, he pretends he's miserable, but one of the funniest blokes I know. We get Bryson. He loves Derby County. We get my mate James Randall on. He was in the pub when I left Derby train station. <laughs> And immediately wanted a beer. Very good friend of mine. James is on the show. And then your voice notes. So in my drunken, creative way, I was like, do you know what? Let's get you all on. If you want to be on, send me a voice note. So I've got a few voice notes as well. So this podcast is is going to be a, a mixture of all of that. What I do want to say is, if you've not brought the reality of the dream yet, and this is not an advert in any way, shape or form, Malcolm Christie's autobiography, I don't read books and I've not put it down. If you're a Derby County fan who loves the stories, that, the kind of stories that we have on this on this podcast, I'm telling you, order the reality of the dream, Malcolm Christie's autobiography. Honestly, I've, I don't read and I've not been able to put it down all week. I've been reading, I've been reading, I've been reading. Matthew Mann, who's, who's a mate of the podcast, he kind of put it together with, with Malcolm and, and I'm hoping to work with him soon on getting a few of the stories that we have on the podcast into a book form and Dave Essam um, from Frontline Recruitment who's kind of backed our events before, our, our live events and uh, some of the podcasts and I think he, he's involved with uh, Derby County Community Trust and he he backed the book. So Frontline Recruitment, Dave Essam, go and support them because he, he backed uh, Mali and I, I call him Mali and I'm aware I sound like a bit of a bellend making out that I'm best mates with Mark and Christie, but genuinely, Dave Essam and, and Frontline Recruitment, brilliant. They've the backed us, they've backed Mali, going back them. Right, that's the longest intro I've ever done in my life because I'm happy Dolby County is saved. Let's get into the podcast. Dies. 
In true Talk Dartmouth to me fashion, when the, uh, when the big news breaks, I'm off cut. So I've just burst into tears on my own in a pub in Nottingham, listening to a radio station I used to work at. And I couldn't share my emotion, but I've just walked into the Merry Widows and sometimes friend of the podcast, <laughs> James Randall, is with me. James, immediate reaction to the news that Derby County is saved. Absolute relief of the torture of the last nine months, uh, the never-ending deadlines imminently pleasantly surprised how quickly things will move even this week we've had wednesday's a deadline thursday deadline and then today they said there was no deadline and it's actually happened and we are safe and that is the the overwhelming relief of that feeling that we have a football club is what i'm going to celebrate right now is that the overriding emotion at the minute the, the just the relief is that the the biggest emotion you're feeling it is because the club is bigger than any single person. It is what all of us are brought up to to love, to believe in. It gives us meaning in our weeks, in our days when work isn't going well. The weekends, they become something when Derby County play. And just to have a club, not AFC Derby, that wouldn't be the same. To have Derby County Football Club still alive and... I say this with a bit of trepidation because that's what we allegedly had previously, but to have it in the hands of a local man who loves the club. But I I believe Close is a genuine Derby County fan and I am delighted that he is the man who's got this over the line. I've just read his open letter, which brought on a, a few more tears, albeit long day at work, two pints, feeling a bit emotional tears, but he, he said he was... Um, he had trepidation about going into the club because he didn't want the spotlight and that seems the opposite to um, other people who shan't be named um, who have been involved in the club before that made it about themselves he seems to it was his conscience that brought the club rather than his ego absolutely and his messages throughout the letter are worth bearing in mind for all of us Derby fans you know, this is going to be a long project now the club has been run into the ground we have very few players we have skeleton staff uh, but he said you know patience he, he will actually rebuild it and he will use experience of the people already within the club who've lived through these last nine ten months of, of torture for them as well because these people are not sure whether they're going to have a job and we've got to be delighted for them more than more so even than the fans because us fans can maybe do without a club I certainly couldn't but I still have my job these people could have lost their jobs, their livelihoods and their club as well. And so it is a cause celebration and, and I th- his call for patience is very important but also the fact that he wants to maintain the Category 1 state of the academy, that's going to be crucial now because we were saved last year um, from any you know, devoidness of hope by the fact that we had so many talented youngsters going through. We've, we've lost a few of them in the last couple of months but we will have more coming through. That's what Academy does. And his commitment to the Academy really warms the cockles of my Derby County heart. How do you foresee next season going? I think we need to be prepared for a long, hard slog. It's very few clubs, that, especially of our size, that go down and come straight back up. You look at the Sunderlands, the Sheffield Wednesdays, Forest, Leeds. You're, you're the big scalp. 
Um, we are a big club. We're proud of that. And we will have, especially with Sunderland going up, I would like to think we'll have more fans at Sheffield Wednesday next season. Um, I think we'll be the biggest club in division by a long way. And you've got clubs like Forest Green, Exeter, Bristol Rovers coming up who will be amazed to play at Pride Park and to take, as I said, take the scalp of Derby County. So we've got to be patient. There are going to be a lot of new faces. I think if we can get continuity at manager level and coaching staff, that will be a huge help. We've just got to get behind the team for the whole season. And if we get up in one year or five years, we've got a club. And that is the overriding message today. Derby County Football Club is saved. I've been to some Derby County games before where we've had some, some brilliant results and you often get the Champagne Jaeger bombs in. What's the chances tonight? Uh, the Merry Widders is a proper pub. It's uh, not one of these, shall we say, pretentious pubs. So I don't believe Jude has any champagne in. Um, Prosecco Jaeger bomb? <laughs> I think we can do a couple of Prosecco Jaeger bombs, yeah. I mean, why not? Well, I'm on... Right, well, before you go, I'm on BBC Radio 5 Live Breakfast tomorrow and I'm going to play a bit of this into the podcast. It's going to be a, take a bit of clever editing and producing because it's not even happened yet and I'm talking about it. So if I wake up, but I'm willing to get sued for this podcast because I'm celebrating. So you can pick a song and we'll play a little bit of it. What's your celebration song, James Randall? Black and White Town by Doves. Oh, do you know what? That was the original theme tune of Talk Derby to me, but it got poo-pooed by the former co-host to us act don't let anybody poo-poo nobody puts poo-poo Blake in a corner to quote Dirty Dancing up the Rams up the Rams Hi, is that Lee? Do you want to sign for Derby County? No, no thanks. See you later. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Right, right. Put that on record. It is on record. <laughs> Good. Good. Lee, welcome on to the celebration edition of Talk Derby to Me. Whenever anything in life um, dramatic happens, global pandemics, things like that, um, if in doubt, ring Lee Camp. That's my motto. So, Lee, welcome back on. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Blake. How are you, mate? I'm I'm good, mate. I'm I'm relieved. I'm in a better place than I was this time last week. <laughs> I bet you are. As are many, I would imagine. Are you Are you relieved? I know it, it's. Um... Yeah, of course, of course. I'm... Look, we're not going to go over my history with Derby County. We've done all that, so I'm delighted it's sorted for Derby County, for the fans, for everybody, and obviously for football in general. Nobody wants to see a football club go through what football clubs have been through in the past, and unfortunately had a worse outcome than what's happened at Derby. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased. I'm glad it's just all behind and they can just focus on getting some players in and, and building a team for the season, really. You've been around 
football clubs when they've been struggling and, and been in similar situations to what Derby were in. How tough is it as a player when your, um, your future is so uncertain and you've got to kind of deal with that? Yeah, it is tough. I mean, I've never been in a position where a club's gone into administration or into the sort of straights Derby were in. Um, I, I just think it, everything would just build up on top of them. I can only imagine it's, uh, you know, as I say, it always rolls downhill, doesn't it? And it starts at the top. Um, and the players are almost like the frontman of the band. The manager is the one who has to go and speak in the press every day about what's happening, and he probably doesn't have the answers. And that'll get tiring of answering the same thing with with the same answers. The players are having to deal with the same stuff day in, day out. They have the relief of probably just focusing on playing football, but it's like they're swimming against the tide, and um, it's not easy. It's not easy. It doesn't matter how much money you earn or what people perceive the sort of lifestyle you have or the things that come with the, the, the trimmings and the trappings that come with being a footballer. It's a horrific, horrific position to be in and uh, thankless, thankless task. But I think the way the club's handled itself, the management and the staff over the course of the year, obviously the relegation is disappointing, but to give themselves a fighting chance and to be where they were and what they, they achieved, I think, is outstanding. And Wayne Rooney's staff and the players, part of it, Huge credit, huge credit. I think they did the, the team and the city proud, the club and the city proud, I should say. We've spoken before about your ambitions to go into coaching and, and management in your career. If you was Derby County manager now going into a, a League One season, what would what would you be looking for? What would your your kind of plan be and um, and how would you approach it? Well, the first thing I'd want is I want assurances from upstairs that things were right, and that we're not going to get six months down the line and we're going to have issues again that we've just had, I'd want to know that everything was in place and, and the management and the structure above me was secure and they was going in the right direction. I don't think any manager would be asking for millions and millions of pounds and wanting to go and spend and throw money at players. I think they just want some security that if we build something that it's not going to be taken away from us in six months or 12 months' time. Um, because I think the two... The, the, the two things that people are going to see now is the management upstairs and the management of the team and the players. They're the two public things that are out there that people are going to see. There'll be a lot of stuff that obviously goes on behind the scenes that people don't see in terms of everything that's gone on with debts and things like that, which they'll take care of. But I think if you were the manager, you'd want to know that the people above you are, are secure and they're there to stay and that it's, they're there for the right reasons and that they're going to support you and your staff and the players to build a, a culture and environment that's going to, first and foremost, put some stability back into the football club on the pitch and then look to progress and obviously get back into the championship. And I think in terms of recruitment, you'd be looking at players that, if you look at the, the League One season and the amount of games you play, um, I, I've got friends at Wigan and I speak to them regularly and they've obviously just gone through it and come back up. If you look at their recruitment strategy last summer, I think it was the perfect way of doing it. They bought hardened players, players that could play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Um, it sounds daft, but players that don't need loads of training, that you have to go on the training ground and develop them. You're getting steady eddies of about seven, eight, nine, out of ten every week. You're going to get you know up and down, but a high consistency of performance. And then making sure you get the right uh, enough depth that you can change your players when you need to because like I say with the volume of games you're coming to the FA Cup earlier you've got um, the Papa John's Trophy games to play in other games 
there's a lot of football and it'll be um, ticking fast. So you'd want, a, I think, a hardened squad, a squad that can, can go three or four games in a row and get results because that's what it's going to take to, to get back out of the division. What's the, the main differences between Championship and League One football? I've heard people say on, on different podcasts that the, the kind of top five teams in League One, there isn't much difference between them and maybe the bottom half of the Championship. Is Do you think that's the case? And, and what's the kind of differences that Derby will face next season? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair comment. I think uh, this year, obviously, Sunderland, Wigan have come up, Rotherham have come back up. Rotherham have come a bit of a yo-yo side. Sunderland are a massive football club. It's obviously had a little dip and a, a fall in recent years, but they seem as if they've turned the corner on the way back. Wigan obviously had their well-documented troubles a couple of years ago. I think um, there's not that big a gulf between the bottom of the Championship and the top five, I agree. I think you've probably got teams in the Championship that are on a bit of a different level, the teams that come down and the teams that have been in and around the playoffs the last couple of years. But it's um, it'll be tough. It's a tough league. I think it's unforgiving league. League One, and with the greatest respect, some of the sides in there are not great teams, and there's some and some of the players that play in League One aren't that great players. So the biggest problem Derby could have, could face is being sucked into their level. They've got to keep their standards high and accept that when people come to Pride Park, it's going to be a bit of a cup final for them, and they're going to find it difficult because teams will raise their games and players will play better than you'd have thought players would play because they'll never they don't get the opportunity to play at places like Derby all the time. So they've got a challenge that they'll be a big scout for a lot of teams. Do you fancy one last dance? Oh no, my dancing shoes are way behind me. <laughs> no, they're locked away. <laughs> never say never. Are you still I know towards the end of last season you was at Wrexham. Uh, are you are you carrying on next season? Are you are you going into next season still still as a player or are you are you moving on to coaching? No, I don't no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I look back in hindsight and um, maybe Wrexham was probably not the, the right thing to do. I just feel like I wasted a few months of my life with the greatest respect to, to, to Wrexham. I, I didn't go there to do what I did. I was disappointed with the way it unfolded and it's a bit of a, it's left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth, really. So um, I've sort of pretty much made the decision that Unless some, the reality of it is the best way of saying it is if something that comes up that I want to do and what aligns with what I want to do is is I'll probably do it. But the reality of that actually happening is not going to happen. So I've spent the last sort of two years bobbing in and bobbing out of playing and I'm quite comfortable now that if, um, if that's that, um, you know, that's that. Is this an official retirement live on Talk Derby to me or...? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not unofficial. Uh, look, I just drift out, no problem. I don't. There'll be no big retirement thing or whatever. It's just, I'm just never saying never. If something, I still feel I can play. I feel fit. I feel fine. There's no problem. It's just if something comes up that uh, interests me, then I will look at it. But the chances of what's going to interest me and really get me to do it again, it's probably not going to happen. So. I've put myself in an incredibly small box, if that makes sense. So, no official retirement, but I'm not actively uh, seeking employment as a player. Is that good enough for you? Yeah, very, very good. It sounds a bit like a come and get me, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> to who? Anyone. <laughs> it's 
really not. It's really not. Dino of Dino and Pete um, and BBC Radio Nottingham now, obviously I work with him as a mutual friend. He wants to know if you'll play Father Side of him on Thursday nights. No, I won't. He can't play Father Side. He can't move. See, I've never seen him, he but he, he, he tells me he's a player. Years ago. He's never, yeah. He tells me he's a DJ as well, but, you know, fake it until you make it, as they say. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Campy. Thank you so much as ever, mate. No, you're welcome, mate. You're welcome. Take it easy. Yeah, we'll have to have a coffee when you're when you brave enough to come back down Derby. Well, be waiting a while. <laughs> Get them boots on. Get them boots out. <laughs> Cheers, pal. Nope. See you later. Take care. Cheers, mate. No, you're welcome, mate. What are you pushing me on the retirement thing for? You're killing me here. <laughs> It's all been quite a uh, surreal experience the whole last year or so. Um, I relied on going to football, seeing mates at football quite a lot, um, just for my own mental health and well-being. And I think the last year and the last week waiting for news even affects kind of your work rate, if anything, which is quite strange. Um, I was in Blackpool a few weeks ago, thousands of Derby fans there, um, you were there yourself, you bump into people around every corner, um, you don't get that in any other thing, you don't get that kind of camaraderie and you can't, I think more importantly, you can't replace it. So for Klaus to come in, recognise that for the community, um, I don't think he's done it for any kind of delusions to himself or ego, I think, like the last owner. Um, so it's very exciting going forward. Um, really excited to get into League One. I think some of the players that we're linked with are exciting prospects. It's nice to actually talk about football again, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to articulate into words what it meant. Um, on Friday, I sat in the pub by myself, just trying to just kind of passing the time, waiting for news, checking the phone constantly. Everyone was, you know, scrolling Twitter all hours of the day. Um, and I thought I would get an overwhelming sense of joy, but it was actually goosebumps. It was quite strange, really. But yeah, um, let's get going for the season. Cheers, Blake. Nice one. Hi mate, do you fancy signing for Derby County? 0800 numbers, it's just all about <laughs> Oh, don't out me mate, I'm doing it at work. <laughs> Fucking hell. I'm doing it from... I'm working hard then, eh? I'll not mention it. Uh, don't worry, how are you pal, you okay? <laughs> not too bad mate, not too bad yourself. Craig, uh, I'd like to call you a friend of the podcast, I hope that's okay with you. Um, we've had Trampy on. Uh, he's had his say on, on what's happening. Derby County have been saved, mate. How do you feel? I think it's just like every other Derby fan out there. Um, I think it's just uh, a massive relief, to be honest. I think the thought of the club being liquidated and coming back to Derby one day and 
living in Derby County uh, was kind of unthinkable. So, yeah, I think it's just a massive relief that the Cubs have brought over. And hopefully now we can look uh, look forward. It's it, 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 it's really it's horrible to, to kind of think about what might have happened. And I genuinely thought at one time, Craig, that there wouldn't be there wouldn't be a Derby County. And I'm kind of laughing when I say it because if you don't laugh, you cry. Did you think at any point that the club was really on the on the brink? I think the longer it went on, um, you always have that doubt in the back of your mind that you're thinking like. Is it really going to liquidate? Like, is this actually going to happen? Um, and obviously, we had a few clowns try to buy the club uh, to start with. And finally, we've got a, a diehard Derby fan who basically came up trumps and, and bought the club that he loves. And I don't want to hear any sort of negativity towards him uh, in his whole time running the club, no matter how it goes. Because at the end of the day, if it wasn't for him, then, like you said, there might not have been a Derby county at all for any fan to follow. It's strange, and you'll know this better than me, but football fans are football fans, and they've got an opinion, and uh, whatever happens, there's, there's going to be some people that don't kind of agree with, with what's happening. I've seen some negative comments about David Close already, and you just kind of think, without this man, there might there might not have been a Derby County. So it's incredible <laughs> that whatever whatever happens, like he'll be a Derby County legend, whatever happens now. Yeah, that that's the way I think. I think... Um... No matter what happens in the time at his club, um, there should be no negativity whatsoever towards him. I can't understand if it wasn't for him, like you said, there wouldn't be a Derby County. So I think there's just got to be unlimited um, amount of praise for him. I think it's an incredible thing that he's had to do. And, and when you read his statement, that he's always been a private man and he's willing to give that up to, to buy over like the club that he loves. Um, it's testament to him, I think, as a professional and as a person. And hopefully people can respect that he is a, a quiet private man and, and stuff like that and, and hopefully let him get on with the job in hand because at the end of the day, nobody knows like how big a mess Derby uh, was in and potentially could still be in. And he's put a lot of money into the club by all accounts to get it kind of up and running and hopefully in a position uh, to go into League One and, and be competitive in that, that league like you've seen with last night with a, a lot of signing so I think it's been incredible for him yeah, to be a Derby County fan and be in the position that he's in to be able to buy the club and I know there's a lot, of, a lot of Derby County fans out there, if they were in his position they'd have done the exact same thing so I can't understand how there is any negativity towards him and how there would be in the future because no matter what happens at Derby, whether they do well in League One or not, whether they get promoted or relegated and stuff, at the end of the day, there's a Derby County for fans to support because of that man. Um, I'm down here in Derby at the epicentre. Uh, I know you've just signed for, for Stenhouse Muir. I don't mind, if you fancy one last dance, mate, I don't mind negotiating a deal with, with David from, from back here, if you fancy it. <laughs> uh, I think I think that sounds a lot better on paper, mate, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, the amount of games that I played for Derby and the way I played the game, my body's a wee bit, a wee bit broken. So I, I don't think it'd be fair on them if I came back to be honest. How how is it going now? I, I just mentioned obviously you just signed for St. Uh Is how's it going at the minute? I know when we spoke the last time you came on, it was kind of um and ahhing whether you were you may carry on or may not. How, how are you feeling at the minute? Um, Right now, I feel not too bad. Uh, when I left St. Johnson at the end of the season, there I was, I was a wee bit 
probably at a crossroads in my career. I was thinking, like, do I continue? Do I not continue? And then I was I had probably every every sort of emotion that you can imagine. Went back and I was like, well, at 16, if you told me I'd have the career I would have, then I'd have snapped your hand off, all that kind of stuff. So <sighs> I, I, I wanted to give it one last go. I didn't know what level when I left St. Johnson that I was going to play at or what I actually wanted to play at. Um, I didn't know if I had the, the right desire or attitude uh, to continue. Because what, what fans don't understand is it, t- it does take a lot out of you when you're injured and you try and come back and it's setback after setback. You're going into every training session, you've got pain going into every game and you're not potentially thinking about the game. You're only thinking about your injury and I'm like, hopefully I don't break down. I, don't, I just don't want to come off injured. I don't really mind how I play. I just don't want to come off injured and stuff like that. And it eats away at you. It eats away at you during your personal life as well. So probably like a wee bit of a harsh reality of football. Once you hit 35, um, nobody's really that interested, to be honest. And once you hit that age and you've had like an injury for like the last three years like I've had, then the harsh reality of football sets in and it doesn't really matter what you've done in your career up until that point. You're 35, you've got no resale value, you've been injured for X amount of years. You've been playing a game here and there and coming off and and stuff like that. So I just decided that I would go part-time. I had a, I had a couple of offers from full-time clubs um, and thought, you know what, for myself and my body to, to play a few more games in the leagues and try and extend my career by a, a year or two. Then I think if I went and trained uh, a couple of times a week and played on a Saturday, then that would be the best way forward for me. And, the house new manager contacted me, had a good conversation with him. I was good friends with the assistant manager there and it just kind of went on from that. It's, um, I think when you get to this stage of your career, you just want to play for enjoyment. You want to go to your work and you want to enjoy it. Didn't know how Mac was going to be. They were happy with that. They said, look, come see how it is. Take it from there. And so far, so good. Um, it's kind of working as it stands. I asked Campy this, and Campy gave me a very long and uh, convoluted, typical Campy answer. Where he, he sounded, he tried to sound way more intelligent than he actually is. Um, if you was the League One manager, uh, a League One manager of Derby County going into next season, what would your what would you target first, Craig? Like, what would your goals be if you was putting a team together? It's quite hard to say because when you look at the squad right now. And what was it? We had a, like what four or five signed players or or something like that. Then I think everything that's happened with the club. I think if you stay up, not, it's also a wee bit harsh to say, but I think like just a solid season, just can consolidate your 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 playing squad. I know every Derby fan will want to win the league, I want to be in the playoffs, or want to go up automatically. But I think there has to be a wee bit of sense of reality that's happened to the club. Uh, League One's a tough league. There's a lot of big clubs in there as well. Clubs that haven't been through the turmoil that Derby's been in um, for the past nine months. And like I said, a wee bit earlier, we don't know what state the club's actually in still, albeit it's bought over, but that doesn't mean it's all like fine and dandy at the club. Uh, there could still be a few bits of involved that the, the public and the fans don't actually know about. So I would say probably a good season is maybe finish mid-table, but Ultimately, you want to just stay in the league. I think, you know, like I said, that'll probably bring a wee bit of negativity towards myself or, or whatever on, on the old social media platforms. But at the end of the day, I think there has to be a wee bit of realism of where the club's actually at just now. Are you coming back? Are you planning to come back anytime soon? 
Uh, I'm not planning to be back down in Derby anytime soon. We we're still been playing, but um, obviously Derby Derby know that if they ever need me for anything, then I'm only a phone call away. And I put this on social media at the time, and we've not been on the podcast together since. But you kindly donated some tickets into the the Rams Family Fund when Derby County were were really struggling, and you contacted me off your own back and and put someone into that. And that's something and a moment I'll never forget. So. For people like, yeah, it was a it was a lovely little moment for me, Craig. I, I I'm not very good at getting emotional, but thank you very much for that. And 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 we like to like have the crack, don't we? Like me, you, Campy, we have the crack, but we don't get like. But uh, I'm doing my best to be emotional here. Thank you very much, mate. I think I think at the end of the day, when you when you do stuff like that, it's. I think you always have to uh, be down to earth and realise how much Derby, Derby gave to you and how, how they helped you in your life. And if you can give a wee, a wee little back, then it's great for everybody and great for the community. And I'm not the only person that's done that, to be honest. There's there's a lot of players out there at every single club that do that, but they just don't want to be uh, recognised for it and they don't put it on social media and stuff like that because that's not what it's all about. It's basically just doing it because you actually want to do it and you want to help out and you, you want to try and make a difference. It's not for any sort of publicity or any anything down that kind of, kind of route. It's just because you understand the club, you understand how hard a time it was for everybody. And if you're in a position where you can just hand out a couple of tickets here and there and, and make a family's day, um, then that's the best thing you can do. I know, and I know you didn't do it for for me to mention it on the podcast, but you didn't. So I am mentioning it because it for me it was a lovely moment in that January that was horrible where we were trying to get tickets for people and stuff. So I just thought I'd mention it, Craig. Thank no you so much for for coming. I'm still determined that Talk Derby to me is going to negotiate the deal that brings Craig <laughs> Bryson back for at least one more game. So as as much as you're not on board, I'm on board, mate. I'm I'm making it up, mate. It's it's not that I'm on board. I'm not on board. Of course, I would, I would, I would love to come back and uh, on a derby shot uh, again in front of all the fans there at Pride Park. But I think my time's been and gone. Uh, it's time for other players to step up to the mark and the younger players, and in time for the club to move forward. And and hopefully now we've been bought over that it can be in a positive way. And hopefully for a change, derby can be in the headlines in the papers for or the headlines for the for some positive instead of the negativity that's been been happening over the past year or so. I'm coming to a Stenhouse Mule game this season, so I'll see you then. <laughs> no problem, mate. All the best. Do you get do you get comps there, or, or am I going to have to pay? I do get comps, but you're going to have to pay. Yeah. <laughs> and you, if if you're bringing Trampy, uh, he's paying as well. If I'm bringing Trampy, he's driving and paying for me. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I'll give him a ticket, but I'll pay for a haircut for him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, top man, Bryce. Uh, no bother, mate. We'll see you soon. See you later, mate. Cheers, Paul. All right. Hi, Blake. You're right, mate. Um, it's Gaz up here from uh, Sunny Middlesbrough. Um, can't wait to hear some of the crazy stuff you're going to get sent to you, mate, because uh, I've got a feeling a few people will be a bit um, worse for wear by the time that you uh, put them on your pod. Um, I cried when I heard the news. I knew it was coming. Um, I knew it was coming in terms of the emotion. Um, it was just one of those where it was just an outpouring of everything that we've had to put up with for the last nine months plus. 
um, under the stewardship of our old owner, Lord Voldemort, who uh, obviously is long gone now. Uh, we need to look forward to the future now uh, under David Close, um, who, let's be fair, he deserves the absolute freedom of the city, considering, you know, he stepped up to the plate um, just when we've needed him most, and he just needed somebody like that, really. Uh, one of us, a fan, um, somebody who's obviously been through every emotion, just like we've been through this this last nine months, um, to obviously come in and, and save the day. You'll never have to buy a pint in Derby ever again. I mean, let's be fair, there's not going to be much beer left after the, after tonight. Um, you know, and, and, and good on him. I, I said to one of my mates um, on the phone earlier as well, I, I, think he's, I think he's become one of the most important figures in our history, really, overnight. You know, he's gone from one of us, you know, somebody who, who goes to matches and, you know, cheers the team on, but to dip his hand in, into his pocket and, and, and basically just save us from absolute oblivion is just a credit to the man. Like, it, genuinely, I don't think words can really put into put into context what he's what he's done. He, he You know, he's done a fantastic job already and, and long may it continue. And as for the next sort of week, two weeks, you know, we're looking at player contracts, we're looking at shirts, we're looking at, you know, just getting back to being a club again because it's it's what we've missed, isn't it? It's what we've missed for the last um nine months, two years, you know, whatever. It's just been an absolute circus and, and finally that's that's left town now. And, you know, we can we can get on and uh, be a football club again. So uh thanks thanks a lot mate for having me on and uh looking forward to hearing the episode and yeah, catch you soon, hopefully at one of your live shows shows or something again. Uh, and I'll get you a pint next time we're down in Derby. All right, mate. Cheers soon. Bye.